Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with Scott Varlake, Coima Coima Varlake. Uh, we started off with just about all of the grain and livestock futures lower. Right now, the one exception is we do have live cattle futures, which are trying to come back. And Scott, probably a good place to start here. Uh, we're finally holding, and that's some good news here, because after yesterday's chart action, I know you were a little bit worried, weren't you? Yeah, and thanks for having me. But uh, they, they're they're trading pretty good today. We're fighting off some of the break yesterday. I mean, that they, they had me a little nervous. I mean, there, there's a couple of reasons. We've got a, a seasonal market that can put in a top about this time of year. And you had a Packer playing hardball with some cash bids and, and had some lower bids to start the week. Uh, we were able to fight off some of that news and, and turn this market back higher again today. So we filled two different gaps on the June cattle there yesterday. And, and that and then that's where you fail uh, from a couple of days ago, filling the gap, I guess. But uh, it just has some alarms going off in your head. So you're, you're hoping they recover. And yet again, we're, we're fighting it off. This market has proved itself to be pretty resilient. Um, every time it has its triple digit lower day, we're finding buyers, we're moving higher, and we still have our fundamental news to kind of lean back and stand back on. Right. So let's talk about the cash trade, 182 in the south yesterday, so $2 lower. We didn't have a good test in the north necessarily, but you say actually you think maybe we're going to, maybe this is a little better than expected and we're going to continue to do a little bit better as we go through the end of the week. Yeah, that's what it's got to feel. I mean, the early bids is, uh, to start the week were lower and it was, uh, you know, some low 280s for meat bids and the 178 live bids. And I think everybody was getting a little nervous and not ready to cave in just yet. There might have been just a couple hundred head here or there that did slip, but uh, we were able to get some higher prices yesterday. We got up to 180 in the south and, and also getting some of that kind of trade in the north, getting some 287 in the meat plus the grid kind of trade. So, uh, a lot better than than what was was earlier anticipated, and and seeing you know several of the Packers play. That's another key sign that you've got some of the majors in there um, leading some of this charge. And and for me, it's okay. We we've got tight numbers. Yes, we we've heard about uh, the Packers are slowing the chain a little bit, uh, trying to curb some of this uh, higher cash price, but but I, I just don't think that the cattle are, are overrun with numbers. I think our show lists are so manageable that uh, they don't want to make a charge at the cash because I think the cash would get away on them. If they raised their bids and had a higher price to go try to buy more cattle and, and try to go against their competitors, I just don't think they're going to find a, a large number of cattle to, to chase after. So they'd rather just kind of sit on their hands as long as they can, get them as they come and, you know, trying to, trying to keep that chain, uh, you know, reined in a little bit on this cash price. Cause I, I think it could get away from them and you've got this, you know, maybe slower demand timeframe right now. We're coming into the grilling season and our peak demand. So that's our chance. You can get your seasonal cash highs in, in second and third week of March. So for me, I, I still think that the producer has a lot of leverage or we're, we're slowly learning that. We've had it for the last couple of weeks. The longer you wait into the week, the better cash you get. And I still think we've got a little bit of that uh, setup happening right here. Yeah. I was going to ask you about uh, the kills because for the week we're down here compared to last week and last year. And obviously Packers are going to try to do that, force their hand. The feeder market, um, feeder cattle prices, the futures as we talk are pushing back to the plus side here. Boy, what are you thinking there? We got to watch these break-evens because these replacements are getting pretty expensive, aren't they? 
Yeah, that's for sure. And then the feeders are the leaders. That's been what we've been talking about, uh, the smaller cow herd uh, since 1951. You know, we've heard all of those numbers, but uh, the cash feeder prices are showing us how tight these numbers really are and, 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 and like what we see there. We need that leadership to happen. But but as you alluded to, that uh, that puts a lot of risk on our plate. So we can be our own worst enemy in the feed yard, paying too much for feeders. And, uh, you know, you buy your feeder calves and they they don't generally just break even where you can say, hey, I want to buy some feeder calves and lock in $100 a head. That's not how this business works. We need that rally to get these to work. And um, we're, we've been on a rally, but it's still, I, I can be as bullish as the next guy and say how tight numbers we are, but it doesn't mean I can just, you know, buy those kind of feeders, put that kind of a, a dollar risk out there and not do anything about it. So, I mean, we all know that the rug can be jerked. We can have some reasons to break this market. So I, I just don't want to just go unprotected, especially where the calendar lines up. Hey, we can put in some highs right here. So, so I'm going to be looking for some kind of protection here just because I have too much risk on the plate there. And hogs have turned mixed here since uh, we started on the lower opening. We didn't see much follow through initially after that big update yesterday. And we talked about Bill uh, Sack talking about a Prop 12 ban as being part of it but also strong exports. And we certainly got confirmation of that this morning, didn't we, with 73,000 metric or 72,000 metric tons. Yeah, we sure did. That's a that's a big shot in the arm, and that that's going to be one of the reasons we had the big update yesterday. The the strong exports is what's needed when we had such a large supply to go through. Um, so that that's absolutely what that market needed, and and in a big number. That's a that's a big number posted this morning. So yesterday was was penciling some of that in, and and now today is the confirmation that yep, it indeed happened. We do have it. So uh, still can fall back on that for the future here, saying okay, seeing if those numbers can stay propped up or not and uh, we do have weights coming down a little bit so that's going to help um, and then the other story yesterday was was prop 12 kind of entering into the news a little bit again as uh, secretary Vilsack is uh, bringing it up and just talking about the risks of how it could really affect our, our food supply chain so so I don't know if that news was necessarily that we need to go triple digits higher yet, but it's at least back into the light and and maybe uh, getting the kind of news that we feel like it should get that, hey, th this could be a problem and something that might need to be fixed. So we'll, we'll keep our ears to the ground to see if that's something or there's going to be any change there. Yeah. Like I said, interesting though, futures now at a premium with uh, February going off the board. April is like at a $10 premium to the index, but we got a lot of time there, don't we? Yeah, there's a lot of time. It, it it felt like April did not need to be the leader off of some of this news and, yeah. you know, especially the Prop 12. But yeah, exports, right. that's sure going to help. Play, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but it, April got ahead of itself a little bit. It was kind of my feeling yesterday that it was going to be, you know, that much stronger than the rest of the contracts rather than, you know, looking out into the future months. So um, that was a little tricky for me um, that April did it. There is, you know, quite a bit of put volume, volume with the LRPs at some of these levels here. It was just kind of ironic how Feb really closed the gap at the end um, against some of those LRP prices. And now uh, right. April's kind of doing the same and getting back into the 
those levels because there's large amounts of volume uh, where some of those puts and LRPs line up. So I, it, it could be also some of that, that there's just a little bit of uh, defense protection kind of happening, how those can kind of magically line up just a little bit towards the end and narrow that gap somewhat. So I do have uh, a little bit of feeling that some of that is happening. Greens on more new lows here this morning. We're coming off our lows, at least in soybeans, but still, like I said, new contract lows in corn and the ag outlook forums seem to be part of the reason. Oh, we've got these numbers out of the way. Do you think we can start trying to base or find a bottom here or not? <clears throat> it's been tough sledding, obviously, and we're all looking for that new story. What's the, what's the, how, what, what can we shift to on these grains? What's the next talk? Well, unfortunately, the next story that we come up on is, uh, okay, we need to start calculating our acres and putting some yield and throwing some ending stocks numbers at it. And, and those look pretty big, you know, we're going to increase that ending stock number and the corn is kind of projected, you know, that 2.5 uh, million bushel was the number that came out as the first estimate that we kind to see for the year and 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 that's probably not out of line we we know that we're going to see a shift from corn to the bean acres would be my anticipation that we're going to pull those yep. acres back and um you know slipping some into soybeans maybe at some other crop as well but uh the the Every check engine light is on on my dashboard still here on these grains and, and it looks to be tough sledding and, and it's not going to just turn around overnight. We're not going to get that story that's just going to shoot us out of here because it, it just proves day and day again that it can it can grind lower and slowly grind into more lows. So um, I, I think maybe maybe some producers have realized too late that this market's in trouble. So yes, on the old crop, yep, maybe that ship has sailed a little bit. We know what's happening. We know got a lot of grain but turn to your new crop start looking for some different ideas on on, on putting a floor or protecting something back there because you're going to get below cost of production on some of these grains and and yep the market can do that it, it sure can even though your cost of production is up here that market can grind lower so um, still pretty nervous about the grains and the downside there yeah and soybeans are trying to come back as you and I talk here and we had exports out this morning. Certainly those weren't great for wheat or soybeans, maybe a little bit better for corn, but you got to feel like the most bearish news is kind of starting to be worked into this market, isn't it? And that's and that's a good point because we we're we're talking we're already put planning this next crop and saying yep it's going to be good there's not going to be any problems we know there's going to be weather concerns and and we're going to have to trade some of those markets there but we've certainly thrown a lot of the bad news at this market and and, and I do think producers have realized it and started to dump some of this old crop corn and, and soybeans you've got you know interest rates that are high so it's maybe a little easier for you to think about doing it and trying to trying to get some of that cash now. So uh, we could be, you know, slowly getting through it. But in, until I see some better confirmation than grinding into new lows every day, I'm not going to believe that we can turn this around real quick. And you're at home getting ready for, for the sale, the annual sale, right? Yeah, annual sale, 72nd annual for my family. So I got our bull sale Saturday, Feb 17th. So excited for that. Another year. Um, prices look good and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us there from the ranch. Appreciate it. Scott Barlick with Crema Crema Barlick. That is Markets Now.